0: Welcome to Signs of the Times, a look at recent world events from around our kitchen table.
1: This week's guest on Signs of the Times podcast is a director of a major Eurozone bank in Asia, and for reasons that will become pretty clear, uh, he's going to have to remain anonymous, but for the for the purposes of, of conversation and free-flowing conversation, we'll be calling him John. We've asked John to come on to the show this week to give us some of his uh, speculations and ideas about the personal wealth effects of the possible or potential impending worldwide economic collapse.
0: We've been hearing on the Internet and even in some of the mainstream press for quite a while now about the, uh, the bad situation in the United States, the bad economic situation, and how the American economy is really running on empty. And people have been speculating on a crash now for the, for the last year uh, they talk about the enormous debt in the United States economy, that the, the economy's been fueled on personal debt, which is all based on the the number of credit cards that people have, and, and it's the American consumer that's been
2: financing the economy. And it's interesting because, as Henry mentioned, we've been talking about this topic for, uh, well, over a year now, and it's only recently that the mainstream media uh, has begun to... Sort of hint that perhaps something isn't quite right uh, in the aftermath of uh, hurricanes Katrina and Rita. You know, you have the higher gas prices, and you have the housing bubble, and people are playing the uh, basically playing the housing market as if it was some sort of you know they're they're buying and selling houses as if they're tech stocks. And there have been some articles we've run on the science page about is this the next the next you know is this going to be like the dot com bust and and that sort of thing. And so all of a sudden we have you know it's not just being discussed uh, the idea of, of that the economy might collapse. It's not something that's just being discussed in alternative media circles, but in the mainstream media circle. And of course, this can lead to a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where everyone starts talking about it, everybody freaks out, and the you know men behind the curtains pull the strings and kaboom.:
0: Numerous alternative economic commentators have been talking about predicting an economic crash in the United States, and some were predicting it at the beginning of 2005, some in the second quarter, some in the third quarter, some in the the fourth quarter, and it hasn't come. And so my first question to John is, what's propping up the economy?
3: It's a very good question. I have to confess to start with that I was a person who was expecting a correction in housing prices way back in those dim, distant days of late 2003, early 2004. I was proved to be wrong. Part of, uh, part of the uh, error that I had was that I believed that the markets were running on fundamentals, and I think it's very clear to anybody when you look at asset prices, and by that I mean, for, for the moment, residential property values, that uh, things are pretty much manipulated, and uh, we have to look at what is, where is the source of this manipulation. And ultimately, the source of the manipulation in property values has been easy access to credit, 100% mortgages, very, very low transaction prices. When we then look at other markets, such as the stock market, we've got some very complex mechanisms that are used, market intervention mechanisms that are used to pump at the market, prime certain stocks. You don't need to drive too many stocks high to drag the whole of the Dow and the FTSE index up. You don't need to do very much in terms of um, other markets, the bond market, the markets that control what's referred to as liquidity, which is essentially the access to short-term cash, to, to find that these markets are highly manipulated. Uh, like any flowing mechanism, the issue is not to try and control the lake. It's to try and control the sluice gates at the dam. And if you can control the sluice gates at the dam, it doesn't matter how big the lake is. And these are the mechanisms that are being used very, very carefully, very cleverly to control the markets.
0: Well, I noticed there you slipped into your uh, vocabulary of a financial analyst when you talked about a correction in in housing prices, and it always I I find this always uh, amusing to hear these kind of neutral terms being used to something that will mean uh, the ruin of people and and something that might set off an economic collapse.
3: Yeah, correction is a very, very polite term for finding yourself at the crest of the wave and finding that things are falling down very, very, very sharply. And you've actually made a very good point there. When you've uh, borrowed $100,000 to buy a property, and that property in this short space of a couple of months is worth 50000 and maybe a couple of months later worth 25000 you are proverbially screwed. In financial analyst market terminology, that is a correction
0: okay, you brought in the, the image of the lake and controlling the sluice gates. Uh, what are they controlling it for? What are they trying to, to go to? Are they trying to do this because they think they can stave off and and prevent an economic collapse? Or is there something a little more sinister behind this?
3: Well, my, my personal opinion is there's something extremely sinister behind this. Uh, and I will endeavor to explain and keep my jargon to a minimum. I've got Five primary areas where I think people are being severely uh, deluded if they don't see what is coming. The first uh, area is property, and that's residential property and also investment property, offices, retail, that sort of thing. Second area is the value of pension funds. The third is the value of savings, whether these are held in uh, funds of various sorts, pension funds, investments, stocks, these sort of things. The fourth is cash and currencies. And the fifth is gold and other precious metals. And in each of these areas, I think we see heavy, heavy controls and heavy movement of risk going on. And the way I've been looking at it is uh, using the illusion of the Italian job. It's like a man driving on a winding mountain road, bus laden with gold at the back. And if he goes off the edge of the cliff just at a reasonable speed there's a very real risk he won't fall off the cliff he'll end up stuck on the ledge wobbling and if the bus wobbles maybe you can get some of the gold off the back maybe you can get some of the people off the back so you can adjust people can correct they can deal with the circumstances as they as they change and what i think is actually happening is that this bus is being driven as fast as possible the uh The nitro is being poured into the engine and the engine is being roared and roared and roared so that when this bus goes off the cliff, there isn't a hope in hell of any adjustment, of any ability to take account of the situation and find yourself some way of saving yourself from the complete catastrophic economic collapse of the system that we have known for at least the last 50, if not the last 250 years.
2: On our uh, August fifteenth, two 2005 science page, uh, one of the science economic commentaries that was written by Don Hunt, uh, he he talks about the the Bush plunge protection team, and it it was kind of an interesting article. Um, He he quoted an an article where it was intended to explain how the Bush government was basically preventing the economy from crashing, you know, despite all the pressures and everything, you know, and they're sort of, you know, we're going to create our own reality. Um, I mean, obviously, the the theory is that this uh, little system they have has worked for the past year. Um,
3: Do you see that uh, it's going to continue to work? I I think it means, it really depends what you mean by work. Uh, And I'm highly cynical about what they intend for this. Uh, This is not a system, in my opinion, that is designed to manage a, uh, let's just say, a steady orderly activity of markets. This is a a market rigging mechanism uh, to deal with markets that are based primarily upon speculation as upon relatively uh, small flows of information, although you'd be forgiven for thinking there were vast flows of information if you read the financial press, the Reuters and Bloomberg tickers and all these vast flows of data. But the real flow of information, the real underlying flow is held in a small number of hands. And those hands run things like plunge protection, uh, and they are able to respond and prime the pumps in one way or open the sluices in in another moment to be ahead of the market. And market information trickles down in a pyramid. The primary market controllers know it first. Then the the bigwigs, the, the Murdochs and the primary investors, the large funds, the governments, the central banks know the information second. After that, the major investment funds know it, the major banks know it, and the individual investor whose personal wealth ultimately is going to be evaporated is the very, very last person to know. And uh, an area where this is is, is very apparent is we we can all look back with a very uh, good hindsight at what happened in the the tech stock boom. We, We can see that these people were driving a market that was based entirely upon illusion. There was nothing there. Sure, there were a few little companies that made some quite funky software that did reasonably well. Uh, There were some companies that made some software that's extremely useful for Internet trading and that sort of thing. But the reality was that there was more money plowed into that market than was ever, ever going to be justified by any sort of economic boom. And where did that money go? The money went to the banks and the people who were promoting those companies. And behind all those people, you'll find a few common names. You'll find the Rothschilds, the Morgans, the Warburgs, the Lerbs, the Brown Brothers, Harriman. These are the same names that have been playing these markets for years and years and years.
1: So when you say they're playing the markets, you are really saying that they're playing the average person in the street? They're they're playing with, um, at one moment in time, that they'll encourage kind of economic growth and there'll be a relative prosperity for people supposedly because it suits their purposes and then at another time they'll take their they'll take a large chunk of money away from the people probably not because they need it I'm sure these people don't actually need this money because it goes far beyond the idea of just gaining personal wealth themselves it's about it's about inf- influencing um, I mean it gets into the idea of influencing e- economies and therefore governments of other countries etc etc that the whole idea of, 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 of at that level the idea of uh, the world economy is used as a tool by, by these people for uh, political control as, as much as I mean through economic control but ultimately it's about controlling um, uh, or at one level anyway it's about controlling other governments and making them pull the line. Would you say that's true? Or?
3: I would say that was entirely true. Uh, I think um, a well-known source once quoted the fact that the entire world economy is an illusion, and I'd be inclined to agree, and you've hit on a very good point there. If you can create at any one time an illusion of a market and that that market going to give people individual wealth, they will be drawn by greed and normal human instincts to follow that market. And indeed, many people will make individual wealth. Uh, You might buy a property. uh, It might be in a rundown area of a city. And five years later, you might find that it's the new docklands, the new loft area. And indeed, your 100,000 property is now worth a million. And you've made a lot of relatively a large amount of personal wealth. And then that market collapses after you've sold out because somebody else got in on the game. And if you extrapolate this into the macroeconomic sphere, exactly as you say, the illusion of economics is used to control governments. And governments believe, I think, in the majority that if they can keep their people uh, reasonably fed and entertained, that they will continue to maintain their power. And therefore, if you create the illusion of this this feeding and this entertainment through an economic system and you give people apparent wealth and a certain amount of physical comfort and um, material possessions, they will continue to play the game. And you can even create the illusion big enough that most most governments uh, will actually fall for this.
1: Yeah, that's, it's an interesting point because, as you say, you know, uh, prosperity when when people are f- well fed and they have money in their pockets, they're they're happy and they can be they can be well, they're placated and they can they can be encouraged to to uh, adopt policies. Adopt, uh, well, they can support, be led by the nose. Well, yeah, support government policies and or or, or certain policies can be passed <laughs> under under their noses because you know what do they care? They've got their SUV, they've got their money, they've got they've got their their their, their little perks and stuff, and um, but. Equally so, um, when you deny people uh, those 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 um, basic kind of uh, necessities, as, as 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 I suppose we might call them, um, and obviously the necessities are relevant or are, are, are relative to. Um, to the country in which different countries around the world. I mean, a lot of Americans might might see an SUV as a necessity, um, whereas you know people in other parts of the world would see food as a necessity. But so you take these necessities away from people, particularly in the West, where people have been propped up, um, particularly in America over the past twenty, thirty, forty years, where the where Americans have have. Compared to the rest of the world, have done extremely well in terms of personal wealth and uh, possessions. Um, but these people can be equally uh, pushed in a certain direction by taking the stuff away from them, by 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 robbing them of um, their of, of these possessions, and they and they become frantic, and and they then they, s- they look to look to the government or look to the powers that be to to get it back for them and to do something about them. And then at that point, they can simply say well this is what we have to do to, to uh, you know to, to regain your, your SUV and your your prized possessions
3: Yeah I think you've hit on a very good point there uh, which is that I think we're seeing potentially the United States uh, being put into exactly the position you explain and uh, the bad boy of the piece seems likely to be China yeah. and again exactly it's like a, it's like a you know, young child. Yeah. You say, oh, you know, you are going to have your ice cream taken away and that the person who's taken your ice cream away is that nasty hidden enemy. And uh, that's what's going on. I think also that uh, there's there's a lot more going on. I think we, we've reached, I'd, I'd like to suggest that, <clears throat> although it's a pretty horrific suggestion, that we've reached the end game, mm. And that uh, all the various threads that you pursue are coming to a single concluding point, which is why I think we we have the answer to the uh, to the question what is happening with the, the economy that everybody's saying it should be collapsing it should be collapsing what's happening to the US dollar and i think the reason we're not seeing the collapse is because we're, meet, we're going into the zone of um the twilight zone the economic twilight zone to create the horror that's going to be coming which is where all the different threads come to a conclusion so if we
1: just for talk's sake if we were if, if we if we imagine that what we suspect or what we're suggesting or hypothesizing might might happen in terms of a global economic collapse uh, that would suggest that um, given the the illusory as, as, we, as we suggested the illusory nature of the, of the entire economic system and the completely um, manipulatable nature of it that this is being done for for a reason that that there's going to be a lot of people in a lot of financial pain let's say um particularly people who have the most to lose let's say or who become most accustomed to it um you know that that this as we mentioned this idea of economics can't be can't be divorced from politics and and other events going on in the world so that uh, and it would seem that uh, that the, uh, the economic card is one of the most uh most valuable to these people uh, to play because it really it really does hit people where where, where where it hurts and uh and that's the question what what um What's it for? Why would they do this? I mean, if this is we're talking about something here that's really unprecedented in our in our history, in the history of of, of, the, of the modern world. Um, okay, we had the the cr- the, the crash in, in the thirties in America and stuff, but we're talking here at a, at a level of of several several magnitudes greater than that. In your image of the bus
0: that's being uh, driven and and driven to be pushed over the cliff, and you've also mentioned the end game. It sounds as if you're talking about a a future crash that's not just going to be a, a small crash, but something really, really major. Um something that, that they're working for to get all of their pieces in place so that if it hasn't happened yet it's because not everything is in place. Uh can you talk a little bit about that and, and what the the pieces are and how the 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 whole house of cards will come down.
3: Uh yeah and please if i start using jargon uh, correct me but starting out uh most uh, most individuals have their wealth tied up in their homes uh, or those who are wealthy enough in second homes vacation homes though the value of those homes in most western countries has inflated significantly and the rate of inflation up until the, the last few weeks literally ha- ha- has been extraordinary the amount of debt that people have been allowed to incur in this Craze of uh, buying homes has been unpre- is unprecedented in history. Hundred percent mortgages, incredibly low transaction costs. Uh, the British government, for one example, has decided to ride the bandwagon by increasing uh, how much you have to pay them every time you buy a property. Uh, elsewhere, there are there are even possibilities uh, mentioned earlier where you can don't even just have to buy a property; you just get told, "Well, you you can buy." you know 135 Florida Avenue uh for $150,000 today and you buy it on on the internet click 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 3 days later you get a certificate of ownership you can sell it the next day for 155 160 170,000 and that's literally what's been happening when a market becomes this illusory this false and so driven by speculation rather than by use and at the end of the day a, a home is to live in Yet now, everybody's been told, no, no, your home is where your wealth is. And your home isn't where your wealth is. Your home is where you live. And at the end of the day, if you consider your home as being your primary source of wealth, you have a major problem. Because when that, the value of that home collapses, you're going to have to work out how you're going to have to carry on paying that mortgage. And most people sit and say, well, that doesn't matter because I've got this mutual fund and that mutual fund and this unit trust and that investment trust. But you have to look behind, what exactly is in that mutual fund? And over the last five years, ten if you want to push it out, what is in that mutual fund is essentially illusory junk. You might think it is a bond issued by GE. Well, the news I have to tell you this evening is that GE is bust. Just like Ford, just like General Motors, just like everybody else, they're all bust. And the reason you don't know the bust is because they have pension commitments and they have hidden commitments that are not reported in their accounts that mean if everything crystallized today, that means if everything got accounted out properly today, there would be a big negative. Just like the U.S. government, there is a big, big negative behind these companies. Other things that have happened, your mutual funds by bonds, those are financial instruments issued by companies. Now, you think Generally, or most of us think that, oh, well, a bond is issued by a large corporation. Well, no, that's not true. Bonds nowadays are issued by companies with weird and fanciful names sitting in the Cayman Islands, Bermuda, and all sorts of places. And those bonds are backed by, guess what, more property. And when you look at what's been going on, the risk in property has been shifted from the people you think occupy that building, whether it's the government, and in Asia this is very common, All the governments of Asia have been shifting the risk of the properties they occupy onto these fancy companies sitting in the Cayman Islands, and the risk of that Cayman Island company is now sitting in the form of a bond inside your mutual fund. And when the property collapses in value down to 10% of its current value, the bond isn't going to get repaid, and your mutual fund is going to be worth absolutely sod all. So there won't be a mutual fund there for you to pay your mortgage. But then you say, well, that doesn't really matter because I I can carry on being employed. Well, can you? When your company has gone to the wall and everybody knows what happens, you go for file file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in the United States and the airlines are a good example, there's a fantastic deal on the table. You can take a 50% pay cut, give up all your pension rights, give up all your fringe benefits, and you can remain employed. Well, 50% of your income, can you carry on affording your mortgage? And many people now are very accustomed to having two incomes. What happens if one of those people loses their job and the other one ends up with 50% of their income? It's not going to work. It is unsustainable. There is no value in the property. You can't sell the property. The The market will not be there. But then you look at, well, it's all right. I've got cash. I've got some cash in the bank. Well, when you look at what happens when countries go into default, and we've got a very good example recently of Argentina, you're told that, well, I'm so sorry, but you can't get that cash out of the bank. And when the bank reopens again in three weeks' time, your cash is worth a fraction of what you thought it was worth, even if you're allowed to get it. This also comes back Argentina's excellent example of what happens with the bond markets. All Argentinian debt was overnight halved in value. So you had an Argentinian bond. It was a very, very nice Argentinian company selling meat to all around the world, And suddenly, the amount of money you'd lent it, $100, was suddenly worth 50. And by the way, the company doesn't have to pay you any interest for a couple of years. And I think this is where we're going. You take all these pieces, there is going to be no way out. We come to the final final source of value in our economies, which is gold and other precious metals. We've seen the gold market has been heavily, heavily manipulated over time. And I believe this recent science economic commentary has commented on the fact that the the gold cartel is losing control, that the gold price is starting to move. And I understand that opening of trading, gold tends to drop. And normally, gold does its action in the first hour or so of the market and then steadies out. But in the last week or so, gold has been going up throughout the day, which means or suggests to the market participant or certainly market watchers that the gold cartel doesn't have the power to keep controlling gold. Now, many people have not noticed, but I believe under recent uh, laws in many countries that the, essentially the war provisions, uh, which are very typical and were enacted during the Second World War in many countries where it becomes illegal for private individuals to hold gold, are now available and ready to be used. They're enacted. They just haven't been enforced yet. So your last source of wealth, gold, your movable currency you can put in your pocket and run like hell with, is going to become illegal for you to hold there's going to be pandemonium on the streets. There are going to be patrols. There are going to be border protections, and you're not allowed to take it across borders. So that's my rundown. Property becomes worthless. Your savings become worthless. Your ability to access your cash and the value of that cash severely diminishes, and your final source of wealth is illegal to hold. And if you're thinking like that, that explains why the bus is being driven at highest possible speed towards the edge of the cliff. And then the question
0: becomes, who are the madmen doing this? That uh, that will benefit? How will somebody benefit from this?
1: Or who are they? Maybe it's a better question
3: to well, start with. I, well, I think that 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 becomes a question which is extremely difficult to answer without getting to uh, more areas which your site deals with, which is the hyperdimensional nature of reality. Ultimately but also perhaps trying to garner an understanding of who knows what within the system. Um, I remain convinced there are certain people within the financial system who believe that, yes, sure, these things are coming down the pipe. Uh, The flu pandemic is coming. I mean, we've been told very loud and clear by all our governments, we're all going to die of flu, or a large chunk of us are anyway. And they presumably feel they're going to survive somehow. And... I think that's probably incorrect. They're probably not. I mean, they can't protect themselves completely. And similarly, in an economic sense, there are many people who say, yeah, sure, that we, know. we understand what's happening and we've protected ourselves and our wealth is in places where after the supporting crash, we're going to be beautifully positioned for this market upturn that's going to occur. We're going to have this fantastic ability to acquire all these, all these properties, all, all these precious metals, all these company assets at these knockdown prices. And we're going to build this new economy where we own even more of it than we do today. And I think there are a lot of people who, who actually believe that. But then there's perhaps a level above that who appreciate that what they're actually trying to do is nothing to do with wealth. It's to do, in terms of accumulating wealth for them, it's to do with taking wealth away from people. Uh, and I think really where we've reached the stage we've reached for these people is that they need to take wealth away because wealth actually does provide a limited degree of freedom. It may not provide freedom of thought, but it does provide things like freedom of movement, mm-hmm. freedom of access to information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is where these people are operating at.
1: Well, it's it's interesting because um, it certainly seems that for a lot of people there's a, a significant degree of wishful thinking in terms of this impending collapse or the state of the world in general. Um, quite a lot of people, particularly people who are already involved in, in the whole business of making money and um, or making a lot of money, they, uh, they they probably find it hard to really. Uh, To accept the fact they're all going to lose you know that there's not going to be many winners uh, out of this uh, and it just it reminds me of an article that uh, I read today uh, about a group of people or several several investors mainly from uh, North America but uh, also from Europe who were eyeing the uh, the, the Arctic and uh, as, a, as a potential money maker for them because they had figured that with the with global warming and, and the, the ice shelves uh, melting a lot of ports that were previously icebound but may, maybe are icebound but are in the in, in the in the process of becoming unicebound will be opened up. Um, and that these people see this as in terms of shipping and the, and the revenue from from shipping coming in. That they can get them at the minute at extremely low prices from Canada or from the Canadian government or the American government or any other government uh, in the Arctic Circle there that uh, that that owns this this territory. Uh, they can snap them up and then they see you know hundreds of millions of dollars coming in whenever this becomes ice free. Which is <laughs> which is kind of uh, it's laughable, uh, but it's also slightly ridiculous in terms of. Uh, fact that these people really <laughs> don't understand that if the ice shelf around the Arctic uh, melts, then that means that there's some serious implications for the world in general and the population on the planet, uh, and the idea of uh, being being able business to m- as usual, yeah. They, but the idea of being able to make money uh, when uh, there's a, a new ice age spreading across the entire planet or something like that is just ridiculous. But that just that's an example of how. How um, blinkered these people are, and how, how corrupt, I suppose they are, by, by this this idea of uh, well of making
3: money and of wealth and of of, of personal gain. Yeah, I, mean, I can only agree with you. It seems to point to at certain levels, certain people have a certain amount of knowledge, and they cling on to that knowledge. Uh, I mean, if I wouldn't personally be buying ports in the uh, Arctic Circle uh, to feed North America, because of course the major eastern seaboard ports of the United States will be underwater.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Uh,
3: so you know it is it is incredible wishful thinking scuba diving maybe scuba diving I mean perhaps um, undersea monuments there'll there'll be some great surfing (laughs) big waves yeah. big waves there'll be some big waves there'll be some very interesting underwater worlds some great wrecks Uh, there'll be some (laughs) great wrecks absolutely there won't be many fish But, you know, maybe that'll be the new thing. You know, the new World Mm -hmm. Trade Center building replacement can be viewed, you know. Underwater. Underwater. Absolutely, 50 (laughs) feet down. It's the closest thing you can get to in New York. (laughs)
0: Uh, You've described this enormous house of cards and how one thing leads to another, property, pension funds, savings, uh, cash and currencies, and and finally gold, and there being no real value behind uh, anybody's holdings it brings to mind a couple of questions. One is what kind of time frame might this play out in? And I realize this is a highly speculative question and answer. And the other is uh, what will they be? How will this be experienced by by kind of the person on the street? Um, What should we be expecting?
3: In terms of a time frame, I I think the, It would be obviously foolhardy to say whether it will take place in a day, a week, a month, or whatever. I I think perhaps the thing to look at is, is the time frame that facilitates what. And I think the time frame we're looking at is the time frame that creates enough civil commotion, enough disorder, perhaps enough death to allow the powers that be to institute a completely new economic order to save us. In very much in the same way that we've had them saving us from the illusory terrorist threat. They're going to save us from a very, very, very real economic situation, albeit of their own making. And that I think what we'll see is enough confusion, enough shortage of food, enough shortage of fuel, uh, enough homelessness, because I, I do think that we will see people evicted from their homes. I do think we will see refugees, domestic refugees in countries, just enough to allow the governments to protect us from all these awful people that are starving, that are homeless, what have you. And, you know, I think we come back to – I can't remember if it was – who was it? Kissinger. Kissinger, thank you very much, his comment at the uh, Bilderberg Group in 1992 – which is the people will be clamoring for us to have the military on the streets of mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Yeah, well, that's
1: interesting in terms of uh, Katrina, the recent hur- hurricane in New Orleans, um, where the uh, the military was sent in. I mean, there was this delayed response, and, and which which. Coincidentally, led to uh, you know civil disturbances and people on the streets with guns. Well, reports, of them, reports of, of civil disturbances. Okay, yeah, reports of people, o- people in obvious hardship. And uh, I mean, okay, it, it happened or maybe it did or didn't happen, but certainly it was presented that way in the press. So it was, uh, that's, yeah. that's what <coughs> that's what the majority of people in the in the US mm-hmm. anyway believed. And this was then used as justification to bring the the military onto the streets to to protect. Homeowners and they were protecting the, the upper class areas of New Orleans from these looters. Um, so I mean that's very coincidental and, and almost like a precursor or a setup to what you're to, to, to what you're suggesting.
3: I think it is probably pretty close to what will probably happen. I think one one thing just to do a, a little step back is to actually look at what's happened to the middle classes of the world over the last ten years. The middle classes are being decimated. They are incredibly close to the lower classes in terms of economic stability mm-hmm. now sure they have the bigger home sure they have the suv and you know the extra car and perhaps a, a, you know a, a boat or a this or a that or the other but it's all down it's all bought on debt mm-hmm. and what i think we'll see is the middle classes are where the, the acceptance and pressure comes for controls for the military to be on the streets and they will then find that it's not very long after that this military and this control is actually affecting them because they're the people who suddenly can't afford all that debt. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll go through a, a, a phase like this, and I think we'll find that then there's going to be the requirement and the, the outcry from people to say we, we have to have a solution. We have to have a means of getting back on our feet. Currencies are worthless. Where do we go? And I think we'll end up with a system, and it may sound incredibly futuristic and very Blade Runner, where we end up with credits. And we're not very far from credits at the moment. So many people run on their credit cards Mm. and their credit cards are funded from their bank account and their bank account is funded from their payroll. And it doesn't take a genius, I think, to suggest that people's payroll will be credited to their credit cards in credits and that their credit card then goes out and they can go out and buy their produce, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to be quite at the uh, futuristic space food, but we're not that far from it already. Most food is and green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's where we're going to end up. And I think this is one of the uh, the reasons why we've, over the last few years, and particularly using the uh, guise of uh, preventing terrorist funding, we now have a situation where if I stuff 10,001 US dollars in my pocket and cross a border, I am an illegal transfer of money. And in fact, it's got to the stage now where if I actually want to transfer that 10,001 US dollars to buy some shares, buy a property, lend it to a friend, help somebody in trouble, I have to justify that to my bank. I will get a phone call saying, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Is this your instruction? Now, at the moment, it's all very polite. It's, oh, yes, Mr. John, you know. And it's are all under the really guise of, uh, kind of the struggle against money laundering. Exactly. Uh, but all these things have been put in place very, very carefully over the years to protect us. Uh, in fact we were just discussing a little earlier that many of us have our apparent wealth tied up in pensions Uh, you know I'm somewhere around 40 and I cannot get hold of my pension fund Uh, and just at the moment it'd be really nice because I'd go and get my pension fund and buy a hell of a lot of gold and deposit it somewhere very very safe like a large hole in the ground frankly because (laughs) uh, you know pretty much that's going to be the only thing I can do with it very shortly Uh, and it may, may sound absolutely crazy but you know, maybe wandering around with a bit of gold. And we've got all these stories, and I, I know that uh, there's been quite a lot of work done on looking at what happened during the Second World War. But uh, there are stories of people used to turn up, you know, certain people used to turn up with a bag of onions, and they trade it for gold. And that gold is what gave them their freedom. They were able to buy their freedom. And at the end of the day, there is always a marketable currency, uh, and that currency is either food or gold. And I think this is why we've seen the restrictions on gold, and why one has to be very careful when one buys gold. One only buys it in small amounts. Uh, But indeed, if one does buy it in small amounts, and perhaps certain people around the world have been accumulating gold, are they on the radar screen? Are they going to find that knock, knock, knock at 3 o'clock in the morning? Because it's going to prove that you have been aware, you're the nail that sticks out, and you're not going to be a victim of the credit system.
0: So you're painting a very dire situation that is just around the corner, Um, it's pretty much in line with what we've been talking about on the science page. The question then is for our listeners, what can they do? Is there any way of protecting themselves?
3: Well, the C's always say that knowledge protects. And I think you can protect yourself in many ways. It's very hard. Perhaps people who are sitting in a house that's got speculative property gain on it, sell it, move into the rental market. Stop being so attached to the damn place. Liquidate your mutual fund today. Liquidate those other investments. Get your cash. Maybe you can get gold. Maybe you can find a place that you believe you're going to be able to sit out the economic storm. If you're sitting in the United States, you have my commiserations. I don't know what the hell you do. If you're sitting in a country that's relatively free, somewhere in Europe maybe, other than the UK, you're probably going to be okay where you are, but you might want to make sure you've got your protections of wealth. If you're sitting in Australia, well, you've joined the UK and the United States. Uh, I'd be seriously thinking about a quick swim across the Tasman Sea or going north into Indonesia and maybe moving your wealth out. Uh, it really is impossible to know where do you go. And I think this is one of the uh, one of the really insidious things about the flu pandemic because obviously one of the things I'm suggesting is that liquidate your wealth and move. But what happens if you liquidate your wealth and you try to move and suddenly there's a flu pandemic and you're not allowed to move because... You could be infected or you could go to a zone that's infected or have you had the injections? Have you had the inoculations? Do you have the vaccination Mm -hmm. certificate? And I think perhaps this is one of the reasons we're going to see this flu pandemic. It's a great excuse to lock down, to stop free movement. And if you stop free movement, everything then has to go through the official systems. And you cannot transfer gold by telegraphic transfer. It has to physically move. Uh, And if it moves with you, if it's under ten thousand US dollars it's legal. If it's over that, it's illegal. But if you enter the European Union with gold, you have to pay VAT on it. These are all considerations. And one thing that I've often pointed out to people is you can do all the fanciest planning you like, but if you break the tax law, they will get you. And it's no coincidence they got Al Capone on income tax fraud. He may have killed a lot of people. He may have bootlegged a lot of booze, but they got him on income tax fraud. And it's the tax. You come into the European Union with a single ounce of gold. If you do not declare it for VAT, you have broken the law. And when you look and you start to look around and say, well, what can I do? How can I move? What is it I I am to do? It's very difficult because they've put in a law, a restriction, all very reasonable at the time they were put in to stop you doing things. So my suggestion would be to just look at your situation as rationally as you can work out what you value in life and try to put yourself in a position where you have the highest level of flexibility because everything I said this evening is highly speculative. I may be entirely wrong. Uh, in fact, in many ways, I I hope I'm wrong. But if I'm even partly right, flexibility is going to be the key mm-hmm. and you're going to be flexible if you've got cash or gold. So as, as Henry mentioned, the the picture that you're painting is a pretty
1: dire one. Uh, and you're not really given many uh, much hope for anyone to really to be able to beat the system and, and to to survive with their shirt, as it were. But um, one of the things that we've espoused uh, over and over again for for a number of years now is to um, to just watch the signs, to to, to keep an eye on. Um, to keep both eyes on on what's going on in the world, and to be in as good a position as possible to to preempt what's coming down the pipe, because um, the last thing animals want to want to do is to be in a position where we're caught on a where, where we haven't uh, considered all options and looked at everything that's happening, and uh, and seen the signs, um, and get broadsided yeah. by them. You know, where we're left completely reeling, and and then we're we're, we're trapped. So. In terms of the economic uh, collapse and, and all the other things, all the other tie-ins that seem to be um, going going along with that, as we say, I mean, the thing to do is to keep watching events, keep keep watching world events, keep reading the signs of the Times page and other, other news sites, uh, alternative news sites, and... Um, and face facts really because it's, it's only through illusion and believing lies and illusion and holding on to our, our sacred cows about, uh, about, about what, what's really happening on the planet and, and, um, and, and hoping against hope that things are going to turn out alright that we're really that, I mean, we, we become
3: the ar- architects of our own destruction really. Um, it's time to face facts. I think you're right, and uh, certainly I, I know that there's uh, quite a movement. I haven't come across any of them because I, I don't go into the woods in America, but I understand there are people who believe that the best way to respond is to arm yourself to the teeth with uh, M60s and buy as much food and beer as you can and run away into the hills, and I have to say I think that's, com- again, completely illusory and allowing yourself to become, uh, it's, if you like, just driven by the system. you become a, You remain a reaction machine. I think the the best thing to do is, as you say, watch. Uh, If you see the properties in your area starting to become a little difficult to sell, maybe it's time for you to put your house on the market. Sure, you may not make as much as you would have made a month ago, but you'll get your money. Uh, You'll find somewhere to rent. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. Liquidate your, as I said, liquidate your mutual funds. Get out of those things. Get as much of your wealth as you can into flexible things. And... If if I'm wrong and the mutual funds continue climbing by another 10% and by this time next year everything's hunky-dory, then you say, well, you know, the bastard was wrong. But uh, I'll only have cost you 10%. Whereas if I'm right and you don't do anything, you will be costing yourself possibly 100%. And just keep your flexibility. Consider what you're going to do. Uh, just keep alive. These things aren't going to I don't think this is going to happen overnight. These things will start to happen. Housing will start to become more difficult to sell. Prices will start to move downwards. You'll see on the news various problems. Uh, you'll see on the news, alternative news sites, things like Signs of the Times. You'll see more and more information coming out that this is really starting to happen. And I think one of the things we have to be aware of is that they're going to try and hide it from us. Uh, there's going to be a lot of wonderful economic statistics that just tell us it's all hunky-dory. But the fact of the matter is that that, uh, that great apartment you own in uh, downtown Manhattan isn't able to sell full stop. And just watch those signs and just each time try and stay one step ahead of it.
0: I'm looking forward to a highly militarized future in order to control populations who are losing their their life savings, their homes. Uh, We can see that the war on terror and 9-11 in some ways was the preparation for this to start putting the pieces in place to get the population to accept having soldiers on the streets. And when you start looking at it this way, it really does move things out of the realm of just human interference. And it does raise questions about who the real controllers are. We'll be coming back to this in future podcasts because this is the fundamental issue that that we have in front of us. We are not the top of the food chain. And until we understand this and until we begin to base all of our actions and choices on that knowledge... We're just going to continue being led to the slaughterhouse. So we thank John for coming with his speculative insider insights into our near future.
2: And as always, if you'd like to read more about the topics we've discussed today, you can visit our Weekend Signs page, which will be found at www.signs-of-the-times.org. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.